Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We're here with Linda Tomborello, who is a psychotherapist and an author. Um, so welcome, Linda. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, Linda, tell us tell us who you are and, and what you do in the Pioneer Valley. Yes, well, I've, I've developed a way of, of working, integrating psychotherapy, a body-mind center in the work of Bonnie Cohen um, in, into helping to heal from both physical and emotional trauma, injuries. Um, and I uh, work with both, you know, talk therapy and hands-on work and movement. So I really bring, integrate those. Uh, together in my work. Um, and I also do, um, I did write a book about self-care, which we'll talk about too. And I've done a lot of, uh, I do workshops about self-care, gentle, sustainable self-care. And I've done a lot of teaching, including still teaching in a dynamic embodiment program, uh, integrating touch movement and compassionate dialogues and i taught for 30 years in the body mind centering program and um i run a can uh, a group for cancer survivors for the cancer connection on self-help support and skills so that's kind of the overview of what i do that's great you have a, a lot of years of experience doing all of those things yes <laughs> Amazing. So I know that you, um, on your Psychology Today profile, you mentioned that you're you're transitioning uh, for video and phone sessions during the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. Yeah, so I really prefer working uh, with a phone because particularly uh, in terms of helping people connect to their bodies, uh, feel their bodies, I think that the, the uh, seeing themselves it, it's more like I think it's harder to go deep inside. So I, it, I think that phone sessions, and I've done many phone sessions over the years where I guide people um, and I ask them to lay down and I guide them into breathing or ask them to bring their hands to a certain part of their body. So instead of my being able to, to let's say, put my hand on someone's chest to help them, uh, connect to a part of themselves, I would ask them to do that or bring their hands to their face or so I think it's it I think it's it's just a better medium for a body centered kind of work than um, than the video but I will do the video if, if you know people really want that. 
Yeah, it is interesting. I do find that uh, people are already kind of absorbing so much screen time. So it, it is nice to just have the availability of just a voice and your own connection to your um, to yourself, like you were talking about being able to have that hands free time or, you know, to be able to put your hand on your heart. I think that there's, um, there's a really nice connection without when you take the video away, you're just listening. Right? Yes. Um, so there, there seems to be a lot of anxiety coming up around this pandemic. And how can we support ourselves and our loved ones who are experiencing so much of this right now? Yes, there's a I've, I've thought about that a, a lot. And, um, you know, what's interesting is I was going to write a second book after my the heart of self care book, and it was going to be called self care during the hard times. It could be and, called self-care during the pandemic now. Well, but I never envisioned anything like this. To of me, course. that was dealing, well, it was dealing with loss of a loved one, um, you know, recuperating from injuries and illness, um, you know, moving when, when you don't want to, you know, many transitions in life that happen. Uh, but I, you know, I never envisioned this. And I think that's, it's so important that, that, um, everyone be as gentle with themselves as possible because this is just an unbelievable experience and we don't have any we don't have knowledge about how to deal with this and i think that it in many ways um it's some of the things that come up for people are some some of the stages that people go through in in grief like denial being you know numb shock this makes no sense anger about the situation and uh bargaining you know hoping and i think this is something i go through why i find mornings difficult is is that there's a part of me that thinks i'm going to wake up and 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 it was all a bad dream Right. And I know intellectually this isn't true, but I think when I wake up in the morning, it's like it hits me again. And, um, you know, there's, I think that, um, you know, feeling depressed and, you know, and accepting what, what's going on. And I think that we all go through all kinds of feelings during a day and um, not in that order. And I think it's important to find a way to kind of gently and safely express what's going on. Uh, you know, any kind of movement, I mean, people talk about, you know, people are walking more, but sometimes during the day, just finding uh, a way to move. And, and one thing that helps me in the mornings is I, I, I do something I call the no dance. And <laughs> I just shake and I blow the air out and shake my whole body and I stomp a little bit and I just say, you know, I hate this. <laughs> no. <laughs> and sometimes I'll curse if that feels good too. And, and just the things that, you know, some way of just uh, moving for me out of the kind of numbness and shock, you know, just, just getting some movement um, there. And I have, um, and I think shaking is very particularly good. And I have a whole uh, things I call five-minute helpers that are in my book. But there's also a, a, a wonderful little six-minute TEDx video that I've done that people can find on my website or 
um, Facebook or, or just on TEDx. And it shows, uh, it's a great thing of people shaking and, and blowing the air out. It, it's a fun thing, just something you can do for a couple of minutes. Um, and so energetically, I know you, you were kind of just talking about when encouraging people to do the no dance. And when you said it kind of shakes people out of the numbness and the shock, energetically, what what's happening from your perspective when people are, are shaking and emerging out of that, out of that numb, numb state? Well, it's just... I think we're taking in so much and we're taking in so much unbelievable amounts of information that it's important to let it go. Um, and I don't mean like, you know, real violent shaking, just, just little shaking. Um, and like working with, um, the breath too. Like, uh, one of the things that I think about a lot in, in my work, that's also a big part of body mind centering work is that, uh, a lot of the um, working with the body is actually using what's really anatomically happening. So, for example, I would encourage people when they've just had too much, just in general, not not only now, just to blow the air out. Because every time you, you breathe out, your body is re- releasing something it doesn't need. Hmm. And so along with that, I find that you can then send out tension, fear, um, and we breathe about 18,000 times a day. So to me, our breath is a friend. It's always there. And each one of those breaths is an opportunity to, again, release what we don't want and to breathe in what is helpful for us. That might be calmness, uh, might be a sense of connection. Many people are, are being helped with connecting to nature and with your breath, you actually literally, when I blow the air out, when I breathe out, my carbon dioxide goes out into the green world that is just flourishing now. And those the plant world takes that carbon dioxide and makes oxygen for me. So sometimes I do a little exercise myself or with clients where we actually send our breath out and then receive that fresh oxygen. And with that, the whole sense of, you know, life force of, of the spring right now, which I think we really need. Absolutely. So with the anxiety, it helps with the no dance and shaking it off and really exhaling, purposefully exhaling our stress and also walking, you mentioned briefly as well, movement. Movement and uh, also using your own hands, like, you know, massaging an area. A lot of people have tremendous stress in their shoulders and and neck right now so massaging that area just using your hands to sometimes people just hold their head and that's very calming um you know i think that that's important and i think a lot of it is just pausing in general i think it's so important if we're if we're getting anxious if we're if we're just overwhelmed um just taking a moment to to stop to breathe to reconnect um you can also like if you're sitting especially you can bring your hands to the large bones in your uh, thigh the femur and sometimes that helps people feel more solid um so those are but i think again all of it is just being kind and expecting that you're going to have difficult times and and you'll also have joyful times and that's okay and it's okay that you 
are experiencing joy even in the midst of this horrible thing. And it's okay to have whatever loss you have, even though, you know, some people are experiencing a lot worse things. I think denying that it's hard for you doesn't help. Right. And I liked what you mentioned earlier about the um, the stages of, of grief that people are experiencing and that they're not all going to happen in order, that they're going to come right. up at different times and to just be present with, with those things as they come up. Yes. And, and to, I mean, I, I feel like also times when I just can allow myself to feel my grief and, and, you know, people can feel supported with that or, um, and again, just sometimes a lot after the loss of, of a person you love, it might just come up at different moments. You don't know where it's coming, you know, uh, something triggers it. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you were you were mentioning earlier that you um, have been doing uh, psychotherapy for over thirty years, and um, I know that you you specialize in doing body centered psychotherapy as well as body mind centering. Can you tell us about uh, Can you tell us the difference of what is what is body mind centered therapy psychotherapy and what is body mind centering? What are What are those two different things that you do? Okay, so the body-centered psychotherapy that I do, I, I, I mostly developed it myself because when I became interested in the body-mind field, uh, really <laughs> over 40 years ago, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot um, available about, you know, I think that this field is pretty new. We, we, we sometimes forget that. And... Um, I, uh, the body-mind centering work is, it was developed by Bonnie Cohen, and I became one of her first students in 1973 in New York. And one of the important parts of body-mind centering is that it's an experiential approach to embodiment and movement and mind. And... Uh, a particular part of that work that I use a lot is, is an experiential connection to the body system. So body systems are your bones, your muscles, all your internal organs, your circulatory system, your endocrine glands. And each one of those places has certain uh, qualities that we can connect with. So bones can help us feel our support of uh, connecting with our muscles can help us energize when we feel stuck um, and connecting with our organs, including heart, which is one of my favorites, <laughs> helps us to feel ourselves more deeply. For example, that's, that's part of it. Um, and the body mind centering work is, is applied to many different fields. It also has a whole aspect of um, working with the developmental patterns as an infant. And one of the things that drew me to body-mind centering work very strongly was um, when I was doing both, uh, I was working in psychotherapy uh, as a client about being able to take risks. And, and this was many years ago. 
and I was working with Bonnie Cole and we were in a little class and she was working with these, they're called protective re responses. So let's say as you fall, your arms catch you. So you don't fall, you know, hurt your face. And as a child, I used to fall a lot and get hurt. Uh, I didn't know why. Um, and it made me very reticent to move. In, in the body mind centering with Bonnie there is that I actually literally did not have this response. It wasn't there so that I wouldn't catch myself when I fell. And I realized that that was so essential and such a, a metaphor, not even just a metaphor reality that unless I could physically learn to catch myself when I fell, it was going to be very hard for me to take big risks in life. Mm. So that was mm. something that really, drew me to the work and really drew me to the sense of how much the body and mind are, are connected. Backtrack track a little bit about um, how I got into the, the, the field was about healing my own, uh, which I, what I would say trauma at the, at the time I didn't have the words and it wasn't really used so much. Um, I had a car accident and uh, hurt my back though. It wasn't like a terrible car accident uh, in terms of injury, but it was a, a multi-car accident. It was, you know, a big, uh, lots of noise. It was very traumatic. And, and when I went to try to heal myself, I, I was really in a, what now people would think of as a frozen state, but people didn't think about that so much at that point. Many years ago, I was in my 20s. People thought about fight and flight, and uh, I was really uh, stuck, and I, I was so numb. And I, as in when I would do body work, I would sob. I would have all these feelings, and then when I tried to do to talk about it, I was just so numb in therapy that, that I, and I realized that the, um, um, how I was so holding myself so much. And I find this a lot in helping people heal from injuries, uh, is that it's a very protective, like shock and freeze is a very protective response right after something happens and literally happens in the tissues of the body. So if you injure something, the blood flow changes. And often I was, it was very hard for me to heal because I was holding myself so tight to protect myself. Because if I moved a certain way, my back would hurt. And so I thought I just, it was very hard to heal. And it was also like, until I really could, um, express my response to what happened um i was just in this kind of state of shock yeah um, yeah and i find that a lot um working um you know some of the work i do has to do with you know childhood abuse and trauma and then i also do a lot of work with um injuries because like or or post-surgery sometimes um, like someone will have an injury and, and one person I work with had a lot of surgery in her arm afterwards. And, and when I, I met with her, it was like, she felt like her arm was sort of across the room. She couldn't really feel that part of herself. And that's, and so just by 
you know, using my hands and talking her through really reconnecting this part. And I think that is so true. And so much of healing is how do we re reconnect a part that was maybe the bad knee or the injured arm or the young child who was hurt, that part of ourselves, um, really reconnecting, reintegrating the parts of ourselves, both physically and emotionally. Mm. So um, reconnecting to the whole body using circulation, using movement. So, so you were just telling us really about how um, your uh, some of your early experiences of um, dealing with a car accident really um, were very much trapped inside of your body, and you know, really learning how to uh, to express that and and reconnect to those parts of you that you were disconnected from. Um, so, I I would love to chat a little bit more about. Um, about kind of empowering ways to approach healing trauma, because I, I know that there's so many different ways that we can really um, unhook from, well, first, I, I would love for you to um, describe how you understand trauma. What, what is that word? Because that's a very big word. So I, I would love to start um, talking about what, how do you understand trauma? And then um, how can we empower ourselves to, to heal some of those deeper wounds? Oh, that's a big word to describe. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes I think of it as being an experience that's overwhelming. It's, it's more than we can take in, our nervous system can take in. Um, and I think it's important, um, before I say more, is that everybody responds to situations differently. So what Sometimes how people respond, or even the aspect of what they respond to in a trauma may be very different um, for each person. And um, I was, I mean, when you, you asked that question, I was thinking about, I did a, a lot of work in New York after 9-11 and trying to e educate <laughs> Uh, I work with, I did mostly body work is what I felt was the most effective helper at that time. And um, trying to uh, educate other body workers and massage therapists at working about working with trauma and how to define that. Um, well, I think that one thing that ha happens in trauma is, is often a disconnect. That's what I was talking about. Like with the example of somebody who had a, a lot, big injury in her arm, uh, to disconnect from that part of us, uh, not being, um, not, and I, I think more it's a result of trauma is that often we lose connection to our body and our body is our home, a safe place. And for me, one of the important things, uh, why I think we need to work with the body at some point in healing trauma, not for everybody, but for some people, is to find a way where there's ease, to bring back ease, comfort, and a sense of home. Like, I'm home. Um, I can be present here right now. I'm safe right now. Right. That That is a big thing that... Uh, I often will 
you know, suggest to clients and I'm suggested to anybody right now to, to at some point, you know, just to say to yourself, when you feel uh, disconnected or frightened, you know, anything, any part of you that you feel safe right now, or right now I'm safe, because often when there's been trauma, people are being taken back to another experience that is not in the present moment. And so safety is in the present moment, even if you have to express or talk about uh, some of what happened before, it's in the present moment and in your body. So that's, a, that's part of the journey, is especially when there's been abuse and it's your body that's been hurt and abused in some way to, fi- to find safety in your body. That's, that's a big part of the journey, find yeah. that safety again. That's huge. That's really huge. And I can understand how uh, body work would access those places like when you were saying that there's a disconnect in how um, in how we can rationalize and discuss it, but then also kind of be disconnected from the emotions and the depth of feeling. So I can understand how, how body work would uh, just go directly to the place where it's stored rather than bypass all the protective things that we do in our mind and our, you know, cognitive abilities and all that. Well, yes, but I do think that Oh, I think tremendous amount of healing uh, today. There's many more psychotherapy techniques for dealing with trauma than that were available. That uh, you know, I, I that are very important and helpful. And sometimes I work with people doing just body work who also have done a lot of other psychotherapy, or maybe seeing a psychotherapist. And I'm just doing a piece to help them reconnect with a part of themselves that wasn't happening for them. So I, I think it's, it's not saying either or, but, um, and a lot of times, a lot of people who work with me have done a lot of psychotherapy, or if they have a long-term injury, they've done a lot of different kinds of therapeutic work, but they're still in pain, discomfort, and don't have that feeling of comfort or ease in their bodies. So it's a journey, you know. Do you have a, a, a favorite technique that you like to use with, um, with your clients that help people feel safe in their body? Well, often trying to find a place that is uh, like uh, a safe place, like, you know, uh, and that might be different for, for everybody. Um, it could be, well, I use this in my book, which I can say more about in a minute, but like a touchstone, a, a place you can go to, a physical place, often bringing your own hands there. Um, I love I love the, uh, the sternum bone, which is right in front of your heart, right in the middle of your chest, as a place to bring your hands and reconnect to, because that bone itself means shield. And uh, in, in the body's wonderful wisdom, we have a shield in front of our heart because so many of us hold that area because we've been hurt. Uh, but we have a shield and like many of the other protective parts of the body, including the skull, the skull there, the, 
it actually moves. It's not rigid protection. It's, uh, it moves as we breathe forward and back as we breathe. So um, that's important. The heart's also kind of hugged by the lungs it's in, and supported by the ribs. So that finding a place that um, like that is a good a touchstone or someplace inside that, that you can start from. Uh, sometimes people find a, a movement. It could be um, a client feels very connected to her hands. So we'll start with, you know, moving in the hands. Maybe it's not touch work. Maybe it's just gentle movement. Uh, asking, you know, what do your hands have to say? You know, maybe the hands can lead out of a place of stuckness or fear. So uh, you, you touched on your, your, uh, the book that you wrote uh, just a moment ago, the, the Heart of Self-Care, A Woman's Gu- uh, Guide to Joyful Living. And I did read that book and I read a, a little snippet every night and it is a treasure trove of some really sweet techniques from cultivating joy to relationships with food and healthy aging. Um, you know, and kind of reading this book, it just felt like it was have like having an easy conversation with a good friend. Um, what, what was your goal in writing this book? Um, cause it's, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a really great resource. It's, it's a pretty, um, I don't know. Tell me, tell me about what your, what your goal was, what your objective was. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm thrilled about what you just said, because (laughs) that that was what I was hoping is that the book, I call it a guide to joyful living and well-being that that one would pick it up when you needed something or there was something particularly going on for you. And what I hoped was being able to be like that encouraging friend to be I wanted to find a way to to reach more. Uh, more people with this body-mind approach and a gentle, you know, encouraging support, kindness, inner kindness is very important to me to share that. And I think it's something that I can share very well with my clients, but I wanted to be able to share it with more people because I think it's, you know, really needed. So, So many of the books that I see particularly for for women are about self-improvement or makeovers in 30 days, you can lose 10 pounds and be fit and all kinds of totally unrealistic things that are also very much about coming from some expert who's telling you what you should look like, how you should move um, rather than, you know, finding a place inside to that works for you. So, um, I know that, you know, getting enough exercise is a big, a big issue in self-care, but I don't like the word exercise so much because it sounds like work. So I call it physical activity. And I think about trying to support people to find, you know, what activity do you like? Uh, you're more likely to keep doing something that you like. And there's a chapter on walking because I think walking is a, wonderful, easy uh, activity to have. And I, I also really use the word cultivating a lot in my chapters, 
which uh, when we think about cultivating a garden or even a cultivating beautiful house plants, we don't expect them to grow overnight. Right. And but somehow we expect ourselves to, uh, you know, quickly. Woo. I don't know if everybody oh. out there heard that thunder and lightning, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's Whoa. that'll get you back in your body pretty quickly, <laughs> <laughs> or out of your body, <laughs> or yeah, either or. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's see. If I let's, can remember maybe we can take saying. a collective deep breath in. Ah, uh, let's let's shake that out. Yeah, yeah, a little shake out. Right <laughs> let's do there. the let's do the no no dance. The no dance. <laughs> let's shake and exhale some of that stress for a second. Yeah. So so you're talking uh, yeah, about cultivating. So talking about cultivating, and you know, one of the chapters about cultivating inner kindness, cultivating inner support, things that take time but lead to what I would think of as sustainable self-care because so many people, um, you know, try diets or try buy an exercise machine and, or other things in self-care and they, they're way too big and they, they don't last. They can't sustain them. So like one of the things I have certain guidelines, I suggest one of them is to keep it small, try, if you, if you don't like to move at all, you know, try walking for five minutes. You know, one of the uh, friends I suggested this to years ago who, you know, she walks an hour a day and she loves it. She wouldn't give it up for anything, but she started with five minutes. <laughs> Just go down to the driveway and back. Um, yeah. And also, Achievable you know, goals. find it enjoyable and, um, you know, make uh, one of the things is like as much as finding out how we work, what works for me, not for somebody else that, that I can keep doing. And um, a, a big part of the encouragement in the book is there's a, this whole chapter about inner support and self-talk and how uh, we can, you know, just, learn to say encouraging things to ourselves and expect that if we're doing self-care or if we try, you know, to meditate every day or whatever it is that we're going to have days that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, you wake up and you feel miserable or uh, things happen. And so to expect um, that you're going to start things and, you know, you have to, in order to keep going, it's like to being gentle and saying, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't get out to walk. I didn't do any breathing uh, things. I didn't think about what eating more uh, healthily for myself, you know, but then it's like you have to return. And I think about that just in general, you know, one of the chapters is called Return to Balance. Because I think sometimes we expect, oh, we're going to just stay balanced. Or if I do these, um, if I meditate, if I exercise, if I do these things, I'm going to stay balanced. But the reality is, is that we'll, we'll go off. And that's why one of the reasons I created these uh, things in this chapter, five-minute helpers that I mentioned in the beginning, is because sometimes 
we just need to come back to ourselves. We need to pause. We need to, um, so that the stress level doesn't just get so high. Doesn't keep ratcheting up. Yeah. Right. That if we can stop, you know, uh, in between things. You're starting to tell us a little bit about the five minute helpers that we that you have written about in your book, um, which is called The Heart of Self Care, A Woman's Guide to Joyful Living. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what these these five minute helpers, um, some of what these exercises look like? Uh, yeah, so I, I brought some of them in the beginning <clears throat> with um, <clears throat> just pausing, actually the touchstone, putting your hand on your heart um, that I use as an example is, is a five-minute helper or uh, if you're anxious, putting your hand and touching the bones of your um, <clears throat> leg. Um, there's using music. I, that's something I forgot to say also about helpful today, how helpful music is to, to, uh, stop our thoughts when they get to be too much. Um, and, um, and, and they're five minutes because it's just a five minute window of placing your hand on your sternum or on your heart or just five minutes of listening to music. It's, it's meant to be a, a short, quick little five minute break. Yeah. It, well, I think that breaks are very important uh, because it's, it gives us an opportunity to regroup because if, if we keep going and I think for a lot of people who, for example, who are on zoom a lot and you're just sitting still and you don't stop and stretch and, and move um, you know, it brings a lot of tension and affects our blood flow and, uh, so I think that it just part of that is is breaks that we all need need breaks. Um, so those were some of them, and I, I wanted to bring in also that part of what I included in my books is is like, um, for example, there's a chapter about food, and I I went to through a lot about this. <laughs> And I called it cultivating a friendly relationship with food because I didn't want it to be another diet thing or another place where somebody tells you what you should eat or not eat, but to uh, to actually think about a relationship with food, how, how we, and even there's a little bit about the process of eating. I talk about the digestive system and how it works and how... Uh, we can connect with that. I have a chapter about relationship with time because I, I mean, as a therapist, often I would see how different times of the day people had more stress. You know, some would be waking up in the morning, uh, looking at the daily transitions. There's a chapter on sleep being a, that's a big, difficult transition. Sleep is huge to, for people. Sleep is a yes. huge issue for people. So looking at or just even resting, renewing. So I, I brought and then there's a chapter about <clears throat> growing older with vitality and ease, which is something I'm very, <laughs> very interested in myself. And um, I love to dance and I hope I can dance for as long as I'm around, even if I'm dancing 
slowly or smallly, small little things. It's just movement. And you guys uh, behind the scenes didn't get to see. I'm I'm watching uh, Linda on Zoom, and she did a little shimmy there. <laughs> so that was very fun. I I see. Yeah, and even how you were talking about you know dancing with your hands and letting your hands communicate, and you know moving our body that way. That's that can be a, a really really fun way to express ourselves. Right, and I and I think that. Um, I use the word uh, also in that chapter, I call it growing older rather than aging. I mean, because I think that I like the growing part, the cultivating and that, uh, you know, that there are some things that we do have some choices about as we grow older. Some we may not, but um, keeping, letting our, uh, keeping fluid Physically, like there's a chapter on the joints and how to move our joints in a way that keeps us flexible and keeping both our bodies and mind flexible. I love that. It's important. I love that. So, uh, Linda, what, um, can you give us a shout out of your website so people can, um, can research a little bit more about your book um, and find more information about, about your work in general there? Can you give us a shout out? Her. Yes, so it's it's lindatumbarello.com, L-I-N-D-A-T-U-M-B-A-R-E-L-L-O, and um, I have a, a, a business fa- Facebook page, and um, it is that uh, on the website is is that five minute helper video, and I'm going to be I'm also going to be uh, offering more. Um, I'm going to be offering some uh, talks, book discussions about my book. I think that the book is really helpful right now and a wonderful gift for Mother's Day if you're looking for that. And uh, I'm going to be offering a, a series of uh Work, Zoom workshops called Cultivating an Inner Sanctuary for the Three Sisters Sanctuary in Goshen. Oh, nice. And and um, people will, can find that on my Facebook page, their website as well. Um, it's a free workshop. Um, so I'm going to be offering more things. I'm really trying to figure out what I can best offer in these in these times right now. It's it's much needed. I, I think, you know, what we touched on earlier about all the anxiety and the experience of grief that people are feeling right now and the depression and those kind of different waves of emotion um, are, are really, yeah, people are experiencing a lot. It's, you know, I think the rug was pulled out from, from everyone all at once. So collectively. So um, yeah, I, I definitely think that your, your work is, is very helpful and, and much needed at the moment and all these, all these little things that we can do to, to connect with ourselves. And yeah. Linda, do you have any any last words of, of wisdom? We're, we're coming to the top of the hour. So anything that you'd like to throw out into the universe? Um, well, just to be kind with kind to yourself. Um, and to remember that your heart knows, and, and it's wisdom that you need care that when you 
um, when you inhale that fresh oxygen from the plant world, it goes to your lungs and then it goes to your heart to be sent through your whole body. And before your heart sends it out, even to your brain, your heart knows that she needs to feed herself first. So that fresh blood comes into your, the tissues of your heart and then is sent out everywhere. So to me, our heart is a model that we, we deserve to take care of ourselves, to honor ourselves, and to be gentle with ourselves. Yes, I love that. I love that. Um, well, Linda, would you like to close us out with maybe um, a very a brief exercise that we can do together, anyone who's listening at home, um, that we can just very quickly center ourselves? Okay, well, I'm going to ask you to come back to bring your hand right on that bone in front, the touchstone, the sternum. Bring your hand there. If you're comfortable, closing your eyes. Just exhaling out, maybe a little bit of a sigh. Breathing in comfort, ease, calmness. Breathing out anything you need to let go of. And just connecting with your heart, knowing that your heart has her wisdom that you, when you need to know, what is it that I need? Asking that question. What, what do I need right now? What would support me? And what would bring me joy? Especially in these times, a very important question to ask. And when I ask that every morning, it makes a difference in my day. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Everyone have a great weekend and be well.